We are I. So Ellie tells me that this company is one of the most mature companies in the lower mainland for food delivery services. So, um, you know, obviously we know with like how busy we are these days and how important our nutrition is, like services like this are starting to pop up all over the place. But um, I've actually had a really hard time with connecting one that I like and, you know, like one that I find that I want to stand behind and then refer, you know, like all you guys to. So um, that's how Ellie ended up on the on the show today. We have a pretty interesting way that we actually got connected. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, we'll kind of explain that as we go. But Ellie, why don't you take a few minutes to tell us about Meals Await? So Meals Await is a company I started back in 2012 when I was still in school. I was at SFU at the time and I would always cook way too much food for myself. So I would take it and give it to friends and other students that were there that were sick and tired of eating Tim Hortons and the other terrible food that's up there. So um, when I would go away or anything, they would always tell me, oh my God, where's my food? I'm dying without the food. I I don't want to go to Subway again or whatever it may be. And um, it kind of became a thing where they'd start placing orders. When I graduated in 2013, um, going for a few job interviews and realizing that, nope, what I'm doing right now is where my passion lies and where I want to continue working in. So I really just gave it my all in back in 2013 and um, opened a commercial kitchen. And and now I have staff that help me make delicious, healthy food um, and come up with new recipes weekly. So it's what I truly enjoy. It's helping people eat healthy without forgoing flavor. So kind of like let, let's peel it back so we can get a little bit more of uh, of your story to build this connection. So what were you going to SFU for? Like what was the original plan? So the original plan was to go probably into marketing or PR or something like that. So I got a double degree in business focused in marketing and in the arts focused in communications. Um, the plan was to go into anything to do with marketing, anything with um, sales or communicating within a business, helping businesses run better, things like that. And I definitely, definitely did not think I would be cooking. Um, I actually never even cooked for myself until about 2012 when I started my own meal plan, eating healthy. So yeah, I'm kind of learning as I go and it's awesome. Um, We always joke because my background's Persian and um, my mom is a phenomenal cook. So we always just joke that it's in my genes to cook. And everyone always says I can make boiled water tastes good so it's amazing it's great it's a huge compliment but yeah I'm just kind of having fun and learning as I go and it's become quite the little career for me so what what got you started on that first initial meal plan like where what was the dynamic behind that so way back in the day when I was eating you know bagels at two in the morning when I'm studying up at SFU and gaining weight for no reason um I just realized I don't want to look like this I don't want to feel like this so I hired a trainer back in, I think, 2011, who put me on a meal plan. And that kind of started me um, cooking everything and really getting to understand food and nutrition and how to eat intuitively and how to just, you know, have fun with recipes in order to stick to it. I don't want to eat chicken and broccoli for the rest of my life. So I had to get creative. And once I did, um, it just started paying off and it worked. 
So did you have like a pretty big connection with Persian food before that? Or has you always kind of been like a, a North American style diet? Um, so my mom definitely only cooked Persian food. And back in the day, I lived at home. So that's primarily what we ate. It's delicious. But, Absolutely it is. Um, it definitely has a lot of like oils and salts and things that you don't necessarily need to make food taste good. Um, and that's one of the things I try to do now. Um, and I brought you some food to try. The meatballs I brought you, like for example, they don't have breadcrumbs. They don't have egg. They don't have a lot of things that a lot of people put in food just because a recipe tells them to. So I've cut those things out, cut out a lot of things that my mom would use in every recipe. And I find the food still tastes the exact same. So, I mean, it's just about understanding food and understanding what makes it taste good, but understanding you don't need copious amounts of added fats or added sodium or added bread or whatever it may be. So, um, so did you start building those connections yourself then? Because you said you weren't like a huge foodie before. Yeah. You weren't like, you know, huge into the the kitchen like is that like your primary role now or do you have somebody who designs those for you because that's the one thing I find like we can all get pretty surface with creating like a good meal but being like an artist with food is just like next level right yeah so the thing is I do actually come up with all the recipes I have a lot of staff a lot of wonderful people that help me put it all together once I've come up with it initially I show them how it's done and then they replicate it basically um, I am still very very hands-on in the kitchen I guess maybe it's just because I'm type A like that. Um, I do like to have the last like stir of everything we've cooked and everything. But I mean, for me, because I think I wasn't cooking much, it's been a lot easier to uh, get creative with it. And I'm not bound by these diets and these restrictions that had to be um, added into the food. It was just kind of like, oh, let's wing it and see what happens. And oh, I've had terrible things come out of the kitchen. But I mean, a lot of them have been great. And a lot of them, a lot of people enjoy. So it's been good. It's been fun to just kind of have fun with it. Which I think is also like a, a part of like watching a business grow, right? Like when, when people say here, for example, when, when it's like, you know, we get something new or when we move or, you know, when there's like a, another service offer, like people like being a part of that and kind of understand that there's a stumbling process behind that, you know? So like food's not going to be any different, with, especially with how easy the wheels can come off the bus when it comes to designing new meals. Absolutely. I totally agree. But people love, like I, I'll message my clients and say, hey, I've come up with this like new rice mixture thing and, you know, do you want to be the guinea pig for it this week? And they go, uh, yeah, I do. Or I've had clients that have been with me right from the beginning. So they, even they message me every now and then like, Ellie, you are literally blowing up. Like this is crazy. And like the things you're creating now are getting even more crazy and we love it. And I have clients that, you know, I've obviously become very close with. So I'll message them and go, tell me honestly, like, is this good or is this bad? And they're like, no, 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 it's good. Because food is so personal. So I'll try something with, let's say, a curry cranberry dish and some people don't like it just because they don't like cranberry or curry um, but I mean most of the clients typically go oh my god this is a knockout or eh, this one's not so good see and like those are the the interesting things right because I feel like we like I realize now as I get older I have a really narrow perspective on like what food really is what it means and like how good it can taste and how versatile food is and uh that's one thing I've, I really appreciate about people like you now is willing to be able to stumble through and try to be able to figure this out for us because um, one thing I've actually been experimenting a lot with right now is dandelions. Dandelions. I yeah, like it. Because like the nutritional content, like the benefit of dandelions, it's, I, I find a lot of the things that like we take for granted that we just kind of like spray or pull out or throw away, they just have such an incredible nutritional value and benefit to us. It's yeah. like people that, you know, we need 
feels or any kind of thing like that's the way we should be going and like redesigning the way we look at food and it really started with the shift of okay we're not going to eat boiled chicken broccoli and rice anymore and like the point is where we got at now is where you're sitting here talking about like curry cranberry dishes which is like a huge transformation yeah absolutely that that's really interesting i've heard of dandelion tea but i've never heard of people eating it are you eating it like how tell me yeah more. you know like just <laughs> like I'm yeah so like you know like in salads or just like with greens or in shakes oh, love that. and stuff yeah like um because i'm trying to personally um, not only for myself but for my girls too i'm trying to retrain my palate about how like you know i perceive foods on intake right because we're so trained for everything to taste sweet or it to be like this an abundance of experience but the more research that i've done i realized that if anything bitter foods are like more nutritionally beneficial for us to eat. And a really easy example of that would I correlate with people that um, although like, you know, we look at like bell peppers and we see like the orange and the yellow and red ones and they're very visually appealing, like actually green ones have like the most nutritional impact on the body. Yeah. You know, so it's like, but they don't taste the good. Like they're just, they're bitter. They're not as sweet. They, you know, like you just don't really connect with that experience, but it's a really easy like gateway into it. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, but like a lot of these things because, and again, they're free. Yeah, you know, like you absolutely. can kind of just like go around, and, you know, like we've been experimenting a lot around here with all the, the members like foraging, like, yeah. you know, just coming up with like, you know, like, you know, different like mushrooms or plants, like herbs, um, you know, like apples, you know, like this kind of standards more uh, like blackberries, raspberries, like going around, like finding these things and just kind of connecting like community back with like, uh, like nutritional intake and food and like how these resources, they're available to us everywhere. Oh, I love that. That is amazing. I, I absolutely love that. It's funny because... So because things are so readily available in a store, I think it's so important to actually do what you're talking about, which is bringing it back to basics and going, hey, look, there's a blackberry bush right there. Yes, you can walk into a store and buy a little container, but why not just stand there and pick them? Because the container is like $80,000 for blackberries. 100%. No, I know. Like, and like four of them are moldy and gross. So yeah. I totally agree. All those bottom ones in the corner. Oh, they're the worst. So I always like, do like the flip. <laughs> yeah, you know what's coming here? Like you're going to grab one and it's just going to be like goo in your hand and you're like, that was 75 cents. Yeah. Like, oh seriously. my God. Like, I'm eating it anyways. Yeah. Um, no, I totally agree. And it's funny. So with my, um, with my mother being Persian and she's still, she's very much a part of my business. Um, she helps a lot with everything, like the chopping and the, all the good stuff. Um, she actually, when I first, first, first started, I was the girl that had no idea what I was doing. So I'd be buying bell peppers from like Costco. So it's like $8 for like one and a half bell peppers. And then I would like cut half of it and throw it away. And it was, it was bad. Um, but now we get everything from different farms and we're very like strategic with where we go. Um, but all my herbs, I actually grow and then dry myself, um, which is awesome. And I think it makes the t like food taste amazing, but I'm never buying like rosemary in those little containers. It's like $12 for rosemary. I have like a big rosemary bush that I go like, pick it off of and then let it dry so but it means so much more to oh, you though, 100%, right 100 percent. and even when my clients come by my kitchen to grab their meals they always see like they always call me the little old persian lady that's drying my own herbs in the sun and doing weird things like that so i like it though i think it makes such a difference and i think from being involved from the beginning to the end process it just tastes better see and that and it really takes a certain type of person and you know like i always 
again, like the older I get, the more I kind of connect with that, you know, things randomly happen for like a reason. I guess this is kind of like an intro into like, you know, like how you and I met. Um, <laughs> you know, because like, I think I posted something or I might even talk about on the podcast about like how Spencer and I, we were running hills that day. And uh, when Spencer and I, when we were running hills, um, Elliot actually was delivering some meals and pulled up beside us and that's how we connected. And I told her to come in and that's how she ended up here. And that was only like, what, like two weeks ago? That's two, somewhere around there. Um, but I feel like right now at this point in time in my life, like I am drawing in a lot of people who are very like-minded in that regard where it's the, cause like I had no idea that, you know, foraging was big to you or that you like to grow your own herbs or like anything along those lines. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it goes to show like the shift of us and like our demographic and how we're connecting back with these things that we typically would look as like, oh, it's just a pain in the ass. I'm going to go to the store and buy it. Yeah. We're kind of getting that feedback loop into like, we're going to get back to that and I really feel if anything is going to drive us away from like eating shitty food, it's going to be food that tastes so much better because the difference is like enlightening. You know, like yeah. if you even just have like fresh herbs that you've created in like, you know, your garden, your facility, compares to herbs that you buy in a store, compares to not using any, yeah, like that's huge. Oh, huge. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people when they, for example, travel and they go to Italy, let's say, they say, oh my God, the pizzas are amazing. And then... You see pictures, you're like, well, that pizza doesn't look anything spectacular. But when you go and you try it, you're like, oh, no, this is incredible. And really, it's like dough and tomato sauce. But the tomatoes, that's where it, like, that's where it starts. The tomatoes taste amazing. So when you travel and you see things and you see um, countries and cultures that are still doing it themselves and not buying mass amounts of tomatoes and making their pizza sauce they're growing their own tomatoes and making it then you're like oh this is why this is the difference this is why food tastes so much better when you're somewhere else and you're when someone's passionate about their craft that's when you really reap the rewards of being a part of their business and being a part of their movement See, and it's interesting because i was just talking to somebody from europe the other day on the podcast and we were talking about fridge size you know just like how their fridges are like a third of the size of our fridges here mm-hmm. and like we would look at it as like oh that's like a, like a bar fridge I'd put my my bottled water in there or something Absolutely. you know but like again it comes back to like when you're seeking out those like fresh local ingredients like it can be an experience I think that we've kind of steered food away from being like an experience and that's why we don't really care what we eat anymore yeah but again you know people like you are looping everybody back into that yeah and I and I understand why we kind of went out of the experience because I mean Nobody has time to do that. You don't have time to grow a garden. You don't have time to take care of that garden. You don't have time to chop your own herbs. You barely have time nowadays to warm up your meal. So I think the convenience factor kind of took us away. And I'm hoping with making it even more convenient to now eat where you're, you don't have to do any of the work, but let me do it properly for you. So you don't have to grow your own garden. You don't have to grow your own rosemary. You don't have to grow your own oregano. You don't have to dry it, chop it and all that stuff. Let me do it because it can be done and it'll, it won't inconvenience you at all. Do you find like realistically, you know, like, and I get it it, like wholeheartedly what you mean, like we're all super busy these days, but like, do you think that it's really that hard or we're just so out of like a natural cycle of life where it's just, it can be really convenient. It doesn't have to really be that hard because it'd be on such a smaller scale, right? Like Mm -hmm. a personal herb garden, you know, anything along those lines where you're kind of, you know, doing it at home. It's something you just do that little bit every day. It's like cleaning your house. You know, if you waited and did it once a month, it'd be a disaster. But if you can do like a little bit every day, it's not that bad. I totally see what you mean. Absolutely. But I think honestly, people are just, people are busy 
and we don't have enough downtime and we're always with our jobs or whatever we're always available so like for example what I do with cooking I'm too busy to do other stuff because I do this really well so I think if you're let's say a lawyer and you're you know kicking ass for your clients and you're winning cases well then you probably your time is better utilized elsewhere so I think that's what it comes down to in our life where Yes, you could probably do it, but then there's like a thousand other things you could do. I mean, yes, I could probably learn how to change the tires on my vehicle, but why would I when I could be doing something that's more meaningful and is going to help other people? We should just stick to what we're good at, I think. Like, I mean, yeah, I could totally, I don't know, learn how to paint houses and paint my room, but I could get someone that's good at it to come in and do it, and I can keep focusing on it. And you can focus on what you're good at. Yeah. Is there, what, what's the evolution? Like, do you see there being like an evolutionary process to like your business or like where, where is it at right now? Like, where are you going with that? Um, so right now we're definitely busy. Um, and I think a part of it, so I'm extra busy. I joke all the time that I work eight days a week. Um, I literally like fall asleep with my phone in my hand, wake up with my phone still in my hand. Um, I get messages all the time and I've, I love being a part of it. Like I don't, I don't like to disassociate myself with my clients. I don't like to be, you know, go online and pick menu items and pay online and then that's it. You'll get your food whenever you get your food. Um, I, I would rather be involved. I'd rather clients message me and t- send me pictures and things like that. I like that aspect of it. I like the feeling of, you know, it's like a family member. Um, but definitely for where I want to go and where I. Um, project my business going in like the next five years I am hiring uh, a mini me so that they could be more hands-on with the aspects that I've been doing so taking the orders and making sure everything's great and making sure the clients are super happy with their food Um, but I would love to do uh, more like I don't know come up with new recipes get more excited about cooking again and kind of teaching other people more and doing cooking classes in my space and um, we joked about putting out a recipe book and this was probably almost nine months ago and I get messages every day. So when's this recipe book coming out? And I haven't had time. So, I mean, I'm hoping that in the next couple of months I have someone that's like a rock star, little mini me that can do everything. And then I can focus on hosting cooking classes and, you know, things like that, things that I'm super passionate about and like more or less just teaching people how to make food taste good. What do you think, like, ultimately that you connect with, like, because you kind of made a reference earlier that because you didn't cook, like, growing up, you didn't have a huge connection, that's what you think, like, brought you into that, but, uh, like, do you think it's actually the food experience itself, or do you think it's the, the creativity or, like, the happiness other people have by what you've created, like, because the thing is, like, usually things that we're really passionate about, like, we've had, like, our toes dipped in it, like, in and out throughout our life, but you're kind of, like, real... Fresh. Tim Tim Hortons (laughs) to the kitchen. Yeah, pretty much. Um, And I don't know. I think it is the creativity I love, but I mean, I think the happiness that it brings to people and the the fact that people can eat healthy and still enjoy it, I think that's huge. I remember when I was first hiring a trainer, I sat down with her and literally within the first one minute, I was like, if you ask me to eat brown rice, chicken, and broccoli, I might as well just leave because I don't want to waste your time or my time. I love food. So for me, I still I still love going out for dinners. I still love experiencing food. And 
I think when people experience my food and go, oh my God, I'm losing weight, but I love what I'm eating, that's like the best feeling in the entire world. And I always tell clients who message me on, so my super busy day is Sundays and they message me at like 7 p.m. on Sunday and go, oh my God, I just had dinner and it's amazing. And it was like, how'd you make it taste like this? And how come the turkey meatballs are so moist or whatever? And I literally tell them, you just made my entire day fly by. Like being in the kitchen from 4 a.m. to 4 p.m. suddenly don't even feel like the sore feet or the sore back. I'm good. Um, so I think definitely like having people have the food and enjoy it and the happiness it brings to them and the convenience it brings to them and the health it brings to them, I think that's key. So what did you bring for me? Because you bring five? Four meals. Four meals. Yes. So I can't remember everything. I know there was the turkey meatballs for sure. Um, I brought you like a slow roasted pulled beef. I brought you... Yeah, oh, racking the old memory bank. Yeah, right my now, brain's eh? like, uh, yeah. like trying to load. Um, yeah, I think. What I would you mix with this? So let's let's go with the the turkey meatballs and the pulled beef. Like, what what do you mix those with? Like, what? Because um, when we just so everybody has like a little bit general reference, you know that I'm a little bit more of like a ketogenic style, you know, like meals, intermittent fasting. So you know, when I relayed that information on to you, like, how did you break those meals down accordingly? So, for example, typically I would do the turkey meatballs with like a whole wheat pasta or a gluten-free pasta. For yourself, I did it with the zoodles. So zucchini noodles that we spiralize in the kitchen, super good. Kind of makes you feel like you're having pasta, but not really. Um, and, but not really? <laughs> but not really. I like those little discounts. It's like visually I'm about to eat pasta, but like physically it's just like, nah, it's not happening right yeah, now. Exactly, but it's still good. Um, I actually, I personally love zoodles. And then I did the pulled beef. Usually I would do it with like a spicy quinoa or something like that so i did yours with a cajun cauliflower rice oh sweet yeah so yeah. keep it exciting i don't i physically when i take a food group out so if your carbs are off your plate i'd like to put something pretend carbish there and then have veggies as well so you feel like you're still having it um you know i usually do like a cauliflower mashed potato in quotations um but yeah, so. Do you guys have like a, like, like nutritionally, is there somebody that like helps you guys break down the meals or like do you use like online software? Like how do you figure that side of it out? I do a little bit of both. So I have a nutritionist that's a great friend of mine that I've worked with many, many times for probably the past four years that I go to all the time. And I usually use like Google or just online programs. I have a couple of apps that I use, but mostly I go to her when I go, hey, so this person needs this many, this, and you know, this many percents of fat or whatever, what's the best way to incorporate it into this meal? And usually they help me out. I have a couple of naturopath friends, so. That's, and that's the one, the benefit about this that I find is because there's so many like-minded people in other categories where then, you know, you have so many people that you can leverage to really help yourself. Yeah. yeah. Like I find that all the time. Absolutely. The network is huge, especially, and it's growing even more so. In Vancouver, it's a great, great group of people that can help you. And I mean, they're like that everywhere, um, but Vancouver, I feel, has, I don't know, really helpful people too, because my girlfriend that I reach out to all the time that helps me with the nutrition aspect, um, she gives nutrition plans to other clients that usually come to me to make the food reality, because they look at it and they get overwhelmed, especially if it's at the beginning for them. So I have a lot of people that come to me from her, and then vice versa. When I am dealing with someone who doesn't understand nutrition at all, I can make them their food, but I'd rather explain to them why they're eating the way they are. Yeah. Yeah. So I, the one thing I keep thinking in my mind that I want to ask you, so I'm just going to drop on right now before I forget. The last seven years has seen quite a shift 
You know, like what what are some of the things that you've seen? You know, just with like, you know, obviously when you first started, it was probably like easier, I would think, because everybody's kind of generally the same. But like yeah. now, there's obviously like, you know like vegan, vegetarian, vegetarian. You know, like keto, paleo, this, that, the next thing. Like, does that make it a lot more challenging? Do you like that side of it? Because I would assume it would be a, a lot more work. Um, it is a little bit more work, but I do love it. Um, and so basically, when I first first started. I'm going to say probably the first meal plan I was ever given was, you know, have tilapia and chicken breast and some brown rice and quinoa and broccoli, and that was it. Um, and I, I love the shift. I love that there's more options now. I love that people don't just eat um, food necessarily because of their, like, caloric intake. It's not just eat tilapia because it's super lean and you're going to lose weight. Well, yeah, obviously, but, I mean, what if I want to have halibut or what if I want to not eat fish at all what so i i like the shift i like that there's a bunch of different choices because not everything works for everyone if you and i ate the exact same thing for the rest of our lives we would look completely different so why not treat that when it comes to your food especially if let's say you are vegetarian well you're not going to start eating tilapia because you were told by a trainer so i i love that there's different options and different choices for people it does make my job a little bit more challenging but a lot more interesting um Probably helps keep it from getting mundane too, right? You yeah, know, like absolutely. where there's just like, you know, especially right now where there's like, it's so easy to research things online. There's so many podcasts, there's so much information, so many documentaries where it kind of shifts people all the time. Because like the one thing that I always hear is that, um, you know, that I that I try to communicate to people all the time now is that, you know, you will never be successful training yourself to think that I'm going to be on this this one diet for the rest of my life. Like it's a constant evolution, daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly. Absolutely. So the more you condition yourself to that, you know, like and that's like what you offer is allow that kind of conditioning to go. Because like, do you ever try to you know like make suggestions to people you know, based on like what you see, like the shifts are? It's just like, hey, you know, like we're doing like these like Q-Jank style diets, we're doing these paleo style diets, you know, like. You know, like what are you doing or like do you have people coming to you for questions and advice yeah absolutely I have a lot of people that come to me and go well my buddy lost 30 pounds doing this and I tell them okay cool have you ever dieted before no well you don't need to jump right into that let's try this or let's or you do it and you hate it well let's if you try keto and you don't like it let's try paleo and if you try paleo and you still don't like it why don't we try this so I I do help people choose what's right for them too and I try to explain to them well you know if you let's say come from an Italian family who has huge family dinners every Sunday well maybe ketogenics isn't the best option for you because if everyone's having pasta and you're sitting miserable in the corner don't do it it's not for you um, or you know a lot of people now are trying plant-based diets or um, trying vegan and I always tell them there's so many choices when you try vegan it's not just tofu for every meal of your day um we are still pretty locked into like that that compartmentalized thinking though right like yeah. where you know it, it goes back to even like if i'm gonna you know gain some muscle i'm gonna go to the gym lift weights if i'm gonna lose some fat i go for a run you know if yeah. i'm vegan i'm gonna eat this tofu or you know things like that but like the the world has expanded so much yeah. upon that and i think the more you look into it the more you notice the expansion i mean a lot of people who it is their first time going on a diet just kind of Google how to lose weight or whatever and then whatever comes up that's what they stick to or they see a friend who's done it and they ask them and that's what they hear and that's what they stick to but I think for example myself and yourself where we're in a position where we can help and we can just kind of guide them and go well 
if you know you're doing this and you're miserable why you try this or like what about this option what about this option like I can give you 300 different ways of doing it my biggest thing is um, whenever anyone comes to me with guidance I always or for guidance I always tell them okay so don't be offended if I say things you don't like but at the end of the day eating nutrition dense food is what matters eat food and you know get active and get out there and have fun I always I don't like um, any sort of strict diet to be honest I don't really like people who have to cut anything out of their life because I feel um, you, sh you shouldn't have to you should make better choices if you're gonna you know have dairy buy the best of the best if you're going to get your meat buy grass-fed if you're going to have whatever you're having just treat your body well and you'll see the results um, typically I tell clients not to cut anything out that they can't see themselves cutting out when they're on vacation in 10 years um, I tell clients you know if you can't imagine your life without carbs don't do it just enjoy it in balance with everything else and get active and just know understand why they work the way they do and understand there's a time and place for carbs um, if you're working out really hard you may need them before and after workout it also depends on your choices of carbs things like that so I try to really educate them on what to do when to do it um, in general my biggest thing and I've always told my clients is imagine you're doing this in 10 years when you have kids and you're on vacation because I think a lot of people yo-yo too often and they you know do really strict diets and they lose 15 20 pounds in a month and then they do it for six months and they lose 100 pounds and then like four years later they're 170 pounds heavier which is way scary and which is way worse for your insides and your arteries and things like that um, to yo-yo like that so I always tell them don't cut things out for like a momentary loss cut things out because a you don't like them or you notice a huge impact like I don't know I'm going all on these tangents but for example if you have really bad skin and you cut out dairy and you realize that your skin's clearing up well what shows on the surface is probably also what's going on inside so if you are let's say really bloated all the time and you cut out broccoli and you notice it goes away well then stop eating broccoli eat intuitively eat to understand your body and just listen to your body because the best place to get your information from is actually your body let it speak to you better than Google ever can see and I, I think a lot of people like we we just don't do enough like personal investment in ourselves to even like understand those things you know, it's yeah. just where a lot of people are just they probably don't realize they're bloated because they've been bloated for like 20 years 100% you know so like you know a lot of those kind of things I think really come into play and you know I just want to like bring it back to like one thing that you said because I, I've preached on this for years now is I think that people really look at the wrong thing when it comes to nutrition where they're worried about like macronutrients and you're know, like I got this amount of calories and like this that and the next thing because nobody ever focuses on like the nutritional density of food and I started on this quest yeah probably about three years ago and uh, yeah when you eat nutritionally dense food like you feel like amazing it is it is substantially different 100%. like how your body just operates and how you feel um, you know, like, you know, the things with, like, the yo-yo dieting, you know, like, when people get caught up in that cycle and they know now it's about 20% harder to lose weight every time that you gain that weight back and come off because you're putting your body in, like, those, like, you know, extremely fasted states where you, it triggers the response in your body that you're we're going through, like, a food survival mode for an extended period of time. So, like, food scarcity has now become a reality even though we've just done it by choice. Yeah, absolutely. And then you're, like, restricting, um, like, your diet – 
you know, when I started living by like the, the principle that I heard where it was, don't worry at all about what you shouldn't be eating. Worry more about the things that you should be eating and you will naturally then start to just eliminate some 100%. of the things you shouldn't. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. And I think, and I mean, we're all human. We're all allowed to have those like bad meals or whatever. But as long as you're not consistently putting stuff in your body that you shouldn't be, you're going to be fine. So I think people overcomplicate it a little bit. They need to just simplify it and just really enjoy what they're doing and learn about what they're doing and why they're doing it. Um, there's a time and place for everything. There's, you know, I, I just, I would never tell my clients to cut anything out. I have clients that fill out the form on my website and they just, they basically, how they talk to me right off the bat is how I know I'm gonna like get along with them and actually be able to make, make an impact in their life. Um, and I tell my clients like, I want you to think of me as a friend. If I tell you something, just know that I mean it with the best intention. I want to see you do well. So as soon as you message me and you go, I need to lose 20 pounds by July 11th. Well, I go, okay, what's happening July 11th? I have a wedding. Okay, cool. Is it your wedding? No. So you're a guest at someone else's wedding. Yes. But I need to fit my dress. Maybe the dress should change to fit you. Like I try to encourage my clients to understand that you're more important than any diet. You're more important than a number on a scale. Your health and all-around well-being is much more important than fitting a dress for one day for someone else's wedding. It doesn't. It doesn't need to be something so difficult. Um, and if you, and it's doable. Like I can help you lose 10 pounds in a week, but, but why? You're gonna gain back 12 the week after. You're gonna feel disgusting. You're gonna probably be a mean person to be around. So don't do it. It is funny, like, you know, how, like, we all prioritize everybody else's situations, you know, whether it be, you know, like that wedding or that vacation or anything along those lines. But we never look at all of this as being long term. Like, we never look at, like, this is just my body. This is who I am today. This is who I want to be tomorrow and in five years and from 10 years from now and prioritize that. 100%. And I think the biggest thing is, so most people that do these yo-yo diets or do these really, really strict restrictive diets, they're not pleasant to be around. So what I always say is, why are you dieting? Is it to look better for the people already in your life? Okay, cool, they're probably not gonna notice if you lose 10 pounds, but they will notice if you're a huge a-hole in the progress of losing 10 pounds. Um, and it's funny, cause like my, my husband, I got married last August, my husband loves food. He does not understand healthy cooking at all. Bless his heart, his favorite vegetable is a potato. Um, I'm not joking. So, but I've learned like from trying to even, and we've been together for about five years, trying to understand that my relationship with him is more important than constantly teaching about healthy choices. So when I tell him like, hey babe, let's have a healthy dinner. And I come home to like roasted potatoes, I'm like, oh. Like, what am I going to do with you? So, but it's, I, I, I could easily right then take apart the whole dinner and t explain to him why a potato is a starchy carbohydrate and why we shouldn't have it all the time. And when I say no carbs, he doesn't understand and he makes potatoes, how it makes me feel. Or I can just eat the potatoes. So I find that in my relationship, in my life, in my happiness, I, I'm choosing to let things like that go to enjoy life. And for me, like I understand the importance of eating healthy, but 
as long as you're like out of your 70 meals a week or whatever, out of your 30 meals a week, you choose to eat healthy for like 25 of them, enjoy the other ones. And if you love cheese, enjoy cheese. If you love wine, I love wine, enjoy your wine. I just, I think that if more people simplify it and enjoy the process, they'll just, they'll enjoy their life more. And food is a part of life, so let it just, I don't know, happen. Um, I've had clients who come to me and go, okay, I need this many grams of this and this many grams of this, and you know, I need 45 grams of spinach. And I look at them like, okay, cool, I'm not gonna weigh spinach for you. Because whether you have 200 grams of spinach or 40 grams, it's literally the exact same calories. So if you're trying to lose weight, you shouldn't be worried about that. And a lot of clients, when they first get their meals, they go, this is too much food. And I say, just eat it and see what happens. And when they come to me by Friday and go, I'm down two pounds, why is this happening? I don't understand. I've been dieting forever. I've been weighing every ounce of everything. And you know, I didn't lose any weight, but now your food's way more foods or your food has carbs in it and I'm still losing weight. And I go, because I took the stress away. A lot of this mental stress that we put on ourselves is probably why you're not losing weight or why you're freaking out or maybe it's the ingredients. Like I have clients that come to me and go, you know, I bought this, all I eat is lettuce and chicken. All I eat, I have lettuce and I, I put that rotisserie chicken shredded on top. I go, okay, cool. So that rotisserie chicken that you bought from the store has like 17% of weird solution they inject into it. That's why you're not losing weight. Do the exact same thing, buy the chicken yourself, go buy free range, good chicken, put it in the oven, no oils, take the skin off first, then cook it and see what happens. And it's that simple. But people, I feel like people go into like a state of panic when it comes to dieting. And I don't even like talking about dieting, it's just eating. See, but I think it has a lot to do with it. it's just it's way too much information to decipher. Mm-hmm. So you always, as much as you're doing something, you kind of always are going to feel like you're not doing the right thing. Yeah. You know, so and like we're, you know, like do you count micros or do you count macros or like, you know, like what is going to be the best diet for me? Whose advice do I leverage? Because I hear one thing from this person and I hear something completely different from somebody else. And you know, like that's I think like a big part of it where you say like the overall stress of it is because you don't know, you yeah. know, and like people, it's when somebody just comes and takes it over and then their people are seeing results, it is sobering, it is refreshing. You're just like, okay, well, here's that light at the end of the tunnel I've been waiting for this whole time. Now, how can I bridge this gap and do it on my own? Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like even when I first, first started dieting um, back in the day when I had my first ever meal plan, I remember having, you know, six meals a day Three of them were allowed to have carbs, three of them weren't allowed to have carbs, two of them were allowed to have fats, and two of them weren't, and it was just, it was like overwhelming. And I'm pretty sure I did it half wrong half the time anyways. But I remember like the third month of being on this meal plan, and I finally started like losing. And I looked at the girl and she she went, what what are you doing different? I said, I'm not following it properly anymore. I'm not weighing my chicken, I'm just kind of looking at, like I've weighed it for two months, I kind of know what it looks like. so I'm not like literally resetting and like, oh my God, did I reset it? Let me pour everything out and report it. I'm not stressing about it. I'm doing it a little bit more intuitively. Um, you know, if I don't want to have peanuts with my apple, I'm not having peanuts with my apple. I'm not forcing myself to follow it to the T. Um, and it works better, I think. I, I think a lot of people just, I don't know, need to like relax. And for example, if you go to the doctor and they tell you something, most people say you should get a second opinion. 
So why are we so free to hear like someone's diet plan that we work with who has no nutritional background, who has no knowledge really. Um, it's just something that happens to work for them. And why do we follow it so strictly? Why do we get into this habit of like in the position I'm in, I have people that tell me about their version of ketogenics and like literally I've heard 300 different versions. I've heard people say, oh, I can have 50 grams of carbs. I can have four grams of carbs. Like where, what's real? So I feel like a lot of people, because there's so much information, they're either overwhelmed or they just are really trusting with like, you know, this person started my work and she's lost 40 pounds and I'm going to do exactly what she does and I'm going to eat exactly what she does and why am I not getting results? Well, let's say this person's 10 years younger than you. That's a huge impact on why you're not getting the same results. Let's say they go for a walk every single day after work. Let's say, you know, they don't have another third or second or whatever job that they run to after work. All these things, or they're sleeping 10 hours a day. All these things impact you. So why not? I feel like if you just invest in yourself, invest even time, not even your money, just invest some time into researching what actually might work for you and what actually sounds like it could work for you. And then trying to understand it and trying to understand, you know, for example, a lot of people are doing keto that don't even know why or how it started or why they should be doing it or what the benefits are with the extra fat that they're putting into their body. So I think understand what you're doing and why you're doing it is key. Well, and you know, in my, my real simple overview of it all for people is like, you know, if you don't want to invest the time in like any of it, and you want to throw it all completely out the door and you're like, okay, I'm just one of those people. I'm not going to research it. I'm not going to invest the time into it. If you simply just eat like real whole food, you know, it's kind of like the base of like what you're saying, like get out of like processed food, you know, get into things that you know that your body knows how to be able to break down, use and absorb like these materials. Cause we know, like yeah. we know as people, like what's good food and what's not, we try to lie to ourselves all the time and say, okay, well, you know, I think like this Snickers bar or these pop tarts are good for us or like it's not that bad I can get away with eating this or about this that and the next thing but you know like really it's like do you want to get away with it or do you want to feel good yeah. you know it's like it's not life shouldn't be just a constant like you know battle of trying to get away with eating this shitty food it should no, really come down to like I just want to feel my best every single day um, I want to loop you back around to something that you said though because I think this is really important for people to hear and then not only just for like personal relationships but also like friendships and stuff too. How did you get past the point of like actually really caring about what your husband eats, like what he makes, just to eliminate that stress because it's something that we all feel in relationships it's all or things we feel in like social situations and stuff too where like we want to step in and you know be like hey we should be eating this or we should be doing that. How did you just ultimately let go being the A type personality person you are? So I haven't fully let go. That's the main thing. Um, I cook his, what I call like regular meals. He's on the Meals Away program. He eats what I put in the fridge for him. It's like our, you know, date nights or whatever that he wants to cook. And a lot of the times I feel like what I've done, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think I've given up any control at all. But <laughs> now that I'm like think, listening, you're just like, damn, I just got called out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I just, what I've learned is there's a time and place. So when he's like super excited from a dinner he created, I'm definitely not going to be like, potatoes are carbs, babe. But two days later, when we're talking about, you know, we're going to a farmer's market or whatever, I will tell him, hey, instead of having potatoes, why don't you use beets? Or why don't you do this? And then I try to teach him stuff. And he goes, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I just, with him, and even friends in general, I find that 
it the more you overdo it and the more you like pick the wrong time and stress this thing that I don't know, at the end of the day is not the biggest deal the less likely they are to listen um, you know I have friends that are very very passionate vegans and I always tell them it's not for me but I love vegan food I create vegan food I try to eat meatless Mondays and I you know every now and then I, I, I actually crave it I love the food it's not for me it's not something that I'm gonna do in 10 years so I'm not gonna do it rashly right now either um, I have friends who have all sorts of different beliefs and I don't ever push anything on them and I don't make them feel like I don't agree with what they're doing or whatever because a lot of people do come to me and go Ellie should I do this Ellie should I do keto or should I do paleo I go yeah try it for sure try it if but if you and if I know you and I know that you love this this and this then it's all gonna work for you and it's worse to cut them out now and then in two weeks feel deprived and then eat like three pizzas and a lasagna because you've been missing carbs so just do whatever you do do it for a couple of days see if you like it see how you react to it so I, I do try to I do try to pick my battles and I do try to pick the moments where I try to step in and control what people do but um, yeah I don't think I've given up much control over the hubby he, he's he's eager to learn he's excited about it but before I used to like do like a point system where I'd be like oh you made the wrong choice, negative 50 points. And he'd like kind of laugh it off and be like, no, I'm not listening to you anymore. Yeah. It goes so far. We're just like, okay, we're ditching this system. We're going into something new. Yeah. He's like, how about we don't do this? So, I mean, and I'm not perfect either. I, like I said, I love my wine. I joke about how, yeah, I'd rather swap out carbs for dinner and have my carbs in a wine glass. Um, but I mean, that works for me. It makes me happy. It makes me a lot happier to be around and a lot easier to be around so why not um because with you drinking the wine has helped you ditch the point system so we're everybody's pretty happy. much right yeah no exactly and i get plus points anyways for the wine so but in- well, where was he on like the the health and fitness like the health and wellness spectrum you know like as like you guys got together like was it is he big into health and fitness or is this something where you kind of like put nudging him down um no he definitely was not big on it when we first met, I was more like, let's go for hikes and let's go to the gym. But now I've just realized he's his own person. If he doesn't want to do it, it's fine. Um, I do really try to like teach him about the importance of at least picking the proper ingredients. Like if you are going to use, I don't know, if you're going to make steak for dinner, buy the best of the best. Like buy something that's grass fed. And I try to explain to him why that is important. Um, but yeah, he's he's pretty, I don't know. He's not exactly into the health and fitness stuff, but he's eager to learn. And he does find it very interesting. And he does find it very, I don't know, informative, all the stuff that I get to teach him about. And he, like, I, I tell him, you know, he's always like, oh, well, shouldn't I be eating, like, seven meals a day? Like, no, you're not a bodybuilder, babe. Like, eat when you're hungry. Don't eat when you're not. Um you know, if it's like 6.30 and you're kind of getting hungry, eat now because it's better than eating right before bed. Things like that. And he's pretty easygoing. He like listens and he goes, okay, that makes sense. Okay, that's cool. But I mean, yeah, when I first met him, he's like, oh, I lost like 45 pounds doing a juice cleanse for two months. I'm like, didn't you miss chewing? <laughs> like, didn't you miss chewing food? He's like, yeah, yeah, but I felt great. I'm like, what? How? Like, who does that? So, you know, and... 
It's interesting what we do in the quest for losing weight, but we will do nothing in the quest for like performance and wellness. No, 100%. And like learning what food actually does well with us and what we, you know, our body responds well to. Because I mean, there's a lot of things where, you know, I love something. I love Brussels sprouts, but I get bloated when I eat them. So I try not to eat Brussels sprouts. But I mean, it's just... That sucks because Brussels sprouts are awesome. You know what's weird? Okay, so total side note. So everyone that fills out those profiles that you filled out, I get the vegetables that everyone hates. And it's always mushrooms, Brussels sprouts, tomatoes. So your grandma forced you to eat them when you were young and you're just like, I don't want to eat that shit. And then now when you're older, you're just like, oh man, those are so good. I can eat them the whole time. I I love Brussels sprouts. I love mushrooms. I don't even buy Brussels sprouts or mushrooms because that many people hate them. And I'm like, I just wish I could like shove them in your food somehow, like hide them in there and you would see how great they are, but... Yeah, see, it really took my... It took, like, all the way, like, up into, like, my adult life when my sister made them one time, and I'm like, oh, that's how Brussels sprouts can be made? Yeah. I think it's just a lot of, like, preparation stuff, like, when when we were young. Like, obviously, like, we come from, like, a little bit different backgrounds, but I feel like the way a lot of our food was prepared when I was young, like, that's what ultimately led me down the road of not wanting to eat it. Oh, 100%. But now, like, there's this, like, exploratory component to, like, our food, and so many people are coming up with, like, awesome, you know, recipes, like what you are. It just, it really opens those doors. Yeah, and I think as long as you kind of are open-minded and want to try it, it's awesome. Like, you really... And the biggest thing is... You as a person, you're growing. Every seven years, there's a shift in your body where you start craving different flavors and different things. But if you just keep eating the same way, your body's going to just assume that's normal. So by not trying new things, you're literally limiting what your body's craving. For example, I hate celery. I don't know why. I I cannot stand it. It's the taste. I'll tell you exactly what Everyone will say there's no taste. But really? it has a no, taste. Celery tastes I can, like shit. I like can it's smell celery. celery. Yeah, it's if disgusting. celery is in my fridge drawer next to an apple, I can't eat that apple either. It's weird. But every two years, I will still, still by myself, walk into the kitchen and bite celery just to see, well, do I like it now? Really? Yeah. See, yeah. See, I'll go so, with the Brussels sprouts. Oh, 100%. Yeah. But I mean, you have to keep trying. Like, if you don't like Brussels sprouts now, try it in two years. Try the Brussels sprouts. Um, but yeah, for example... I never liked sweets, and about five years ago, I just started craving them. So I crave them all the time. So now I've come up with like recipes that are healthy sweet alternatives. Um, How many of those did you bring? Oh, I wish I brought all. What? But the thing is, so for example, I make a chocolate hummus. So what? I know. Chocolate hummus. Mind blown. It tastes like Nutella, but it's chickpea based, and it's delicious. That is like... I know, your brain's like, uh-uh. Well, no, I'm like trying, I'm like, do I want to think that's good? Oh, it's so like, good. Really? Everyone who's tried it's like, oh my God, this is amazing. Where has this been my whole life? And they always, like, you could dip strawberries, bananas, like, it's it's like Nutella. It's delicious. Yeah, because where everybody's kind of going now, like, it seems like it's um, like mixing, like, chocolate and coconut oil, kind of making, like, so the, the, you know The fudge I mean? like, thing? Yeah. 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 But, like, how chocolate hummus, like... It's so good. I do a I mean, pumpkin spice hummus. I do it all. Um, but what yeah. are some of the other desserts that you have? Um, I make protein balls that are literally life-changing. And everyone who's ever had one Okay, you agree. smile when you yeah, say that to you. Yeah, it's so like, good. There's no doubt this is going to no, blow your mind. Uh-huh, but they're, so everyone's had protein balls. And everyone's like, oh, okay, whatever. They're kind of dry. They're kind of gross. 
They're kind of good. Some of them are decent. Like, oh, there's a chocolate chip in that one. But my <laughs> in that one. <laughs> my protein balls are like the best. Um, I do like carrot cake protein balls, banana bread protein oh, balls. Carrot cake ones. They're so that. good, so so good. I did like mini eggs for Easter. They're really good. Mini eggs for Easter. Yeah, mini egg protein balls. Really. Mm-hmm. Like Fruit Loops, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Crazy. Yeah. That's Fun nuts. Stuff, right. See, this is why I need a recipe book, but, like, ain't nobody got time right now. See, and those would be, like, the, like, knowing that, like, you have, like, the recipe books that come up, like, your recipes, there would be a lot of, like, what you're doing already currently right now. Do you think that would allow you to be able to kind of, like, you know, get into, like, another mode of where you're going to take your business? Because it kind of shifts the way that you're thinking. Is it, it brings back, like, all these experiences and all these recipes you've already done. You're like, well... I know I've kind of done all this. Well, maybe there's this other route that I should try. Absolutely. And there's a lot of things. So having done what I've done for so long, I'll literally some days sit there and like scroll back into my own Instagram and be like, oh my God, I forgot all about this dish. Why did I stop making this? And like bring it back. Um, For example, this past Sunday, I did a chicken Parmesan and it was so good. And I used to do this like three years ago and I just kind of stopped. I don't know why. Like one day I ran out of time, didn't make it and kind of stopped doing it so I brought it back this weekend and people lost their freaking mind like I have so many text messages that are like oh my god I saw it and I couldn't even wait till you know the Thursday lunch that you had labeled it for so I already ate it yesterday it was so good so I'm so glad that I did bring it back but I think coming up with a recipe book would also help put everything down on paper where I can even refer back to it so I don't know Yeah, it is one of those things because we filter things out so easily. And, you know, especially now when it comes to food because there's so many new things coming online. Like, do you try to really keep, like, the ingredients, like, simplified, like you don't try to expand? Or are you just, like, give me anything that comes your way, like, I'm willing to experiment with it all? I'm a little bit of both. I like to simplify it in that, like, I look at the recipe and go, okay, well, half of this stuff is not necessary for what you're trying to do. Um, But, like, I love, love trying new things myself so if someone comes up to me and goes oh you should try this dandelion dish thing and like your salad and if I like it 100% I'm going to try to work off of it to do something else with it um I like to try to use like a lot of things that are in season so I live in pit meadows and you know right now or leading up into like August there's blueberries everywhere like every second house you see the blueberries for sale so I try to go buy a bunch and experiment with them, put it on salmon, put it with chicken, do like a blueberry compote for overnight oats, things like that. I, I do love having fun with my ingredients, but I think that some people like do weird things that just doesn't make sense. Like I don't like to force something that wasn't meant to be. (laughs) Yeah. You know, those are kind of like where like the creativity gets like a whole different level, but it's like the, I've been learning a lot about like pairing like flavors with flavors you know, like, you know, like, no matter what that landscape may look like. And it's amazing that, like, the when you have really simple ingredients, like, how you can actually, you know, experience these flavors. You have, like, a heightened awareness of these flavors because you're not just, like, overcomplicating. There's not all this stuff. There's not, like, you know, five or ten ingredients in it. Like, there's yeah. just this really simple. might be, like, you know, two or three ingredients. Really simple. Like, going back to, like, the pizza, like you were talking about. Yeah, just, like, absolutely. really good tomatoes, some fresh garlic, and you got yourself a sauce. Yeah, absolutely. No, I totally agree. And I think the other thing is a lot of people do cook, and they do a decent job at it, but they don't really let flavors build. What I've learned, and so since I opened up my kitchen and I've had my mom in there, like, helping me, 
you know, there's a lot of times where I'm like sauteing onions and she's like, oh no, 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 you need to go for like another minute, go for another minute. And like you, then you get the flavor out. So a lot of people say, you know, I don't like onions. It's like, well, you don't, you probably haven't been using them right. So something so versatile and so necessary as onions are overlooked because if you buy the right onion for the right dish, it does wonders. Like a lot of people make um, like a taco beef and they use a regular sweet onion, whereas they should be using a red onion or things like that that really transform a dish. Once you learn it, you're like, oh my God, what have I been doing this whole time? Um, and I think just playing around in the kitchen is the most important thing. But I mean, I understand that not everyone has time for that. It's kind of my bl- playground. Um, but yeah, it's amazing what you can do. Yeah, and I actually find that, you know, like understanding like layering, like, you know, spices and like layering ingredients. I, I started cooking like Indian food about a year and a half ago and I really thought I was kind of like yeah I'm just gonna throw all this stuff in there (laughs) but like it's not like you really got to go through this like lengthy process of like layering all these spices in and you know like yeah like it it makes a huge difference it makes a huge difference like if you ever see someone making let's say butter chicken they'll never ever throw in their like curry powders once like the water's boiling you always want to like you know saute the curry powder and like get the aroma out and then add everything else so it's just it's fascinating what works with food and like you know someone I guess did it at one point and goes oh this kind of works and like if you find that you're gonna love it but imagine being the person who does it and like I'm sure other people do what my mom does or do what I do but when you do it and you see the difference you're like oh my god this is life-changing like and for me there's for having a Persian mom, like I would call her when I was younger and I'd say like, mom, how do I make rice? And she'd go, okay, pour the rice in the pot. Okay. Now add a knuckle's length worth of water. And I go, what? And she'd go, yeah, like a knuckle's length. I'm like, oh, FaceTime me. Like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. So she meant like where the, wa- like the rice ends, like put your finger on top and then like a knuckle's length of water. Oh, all those like old school measuring systems. Yeah. I so, love that. And I'd be like, I don't even know what you mean. Like, mom, yeah. FaceTime me, show me this. So, yeah, when you were explaining that, I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking right? about right now. I'm like, and I'm like, well, what if my pot's really big? Like, what if there's a lot of rice? And she's like, well, dip your finger in the rice, see how much rice there is. And then I'm like, oh my God. You... But like, now that I do those things, and people ask me, like, oh, how much water do you add to rice? Well, a knuckle's line. And they're like, pardon? <laughs> so, but you're keeping it alive, though. Those are yeah, like the fun things absolutely. about it. I think like heritage and culture that, you know, like we're, you know, we're kind of really eliminating from like our lives because like that creates a conversation. Yeah. You know, like, you know, so like when you're talking right now, like the, like the one big thing that I pull away from it is that, you know, like the knuckles length of water, it's the using the fresh herbs, you know, like it's the experimenting with foods and, you know, going to farmer's markets. It's, these are all conversation pieces like around having that food that you will never get from buying like a, a prepackaged meal from like the frozen food section at a grocery store or, never, you know, like going through a McDonald's <laughs> drive through It's yeah. like, you know, I don't even want to know where that stuff came from. Never yeah. mind if you actually break it down and explain it to me. But, you know, then when you're having this meal and it's like you're stimulating all these different senses and, you know, you're talking about it, then like that's what makes like the experience so much more enjoyable. And then you talk about the mental health side of it where people are so much more pleasant to be around because the food is better, the conversation is better, you know, like, and like the community around is better because you've gone and you've got this stuff from everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. And as you touched on that, mental wellness and eating are 100% paired. Um, how you feel after you eat over a long period of time is how your everything feels after you've put into your body what you have. So I think that's super important. Like, 
I have friends who are like, oh my god, I'm so depressed. And I'm like, oh, have some dark chocolate. And they're like, pardon? <laughs> like, things like that really do make a difference, especially if you do it over a long period of time and you are consciously eating properly for a long period of time. Then it, you just, you notice you're happier. You're in a better mood. You're more pleasant to be around. You're more, I don't even know. Why is that so hard to believe? Because it's something that I deal with all the time. So if you can give, show me some light or give me some perspectives, it's, it's like legit a real question because I deal with like food and like the food factor with people all the time. And I just feel it's the one thing that people don't really want to believe that like the food that we consume typically in Western culture, like is that bad? You know, like, you know, stopping at like McDonald's regularly is that bad because if you're that person, you're probably that person in a few other areas of your life too. And it's that compounding effect. And it's like what you were saying where, yeah. you know, and I always throw my dad thoroughly under the bus, um, <laughs> you know, when it comes to this when, I mean, it's like, oh, you know, like my blood pressure is under control. And I'm like, well, you take Lipitor. That's the reason why that your blood pressure is yeah. under control. But I'm like, and I'm like, well, it's because of the, the teen burger that you ate from A&W. And he's like, I only had one like like three weeks ago. And I'm like, what about the pizza? And he's like, I only had that like two and a half weeks ago. And I'm like, but these are the things, right? It's like that compounding effect because we're consuming these things like all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the best example I can use is, if you take someone that does eat really, really well and you look at them and you go, I want to look like them. If you give them something you would regularly eat, they will probably run to the bathroom within the next 30 minutes. So Especially with what I eat. <laughs> but like, like here's your dandelions, your beet juice, and your ginseng with your bee pollen on the side, like go to town. Yeah, and if they have the beet juice, then they're going to be really scared after they go to the bathroom. Um, but typically, so if you, if you eat... Like, okay, so if you give someone that's an athlete who eats, you know, nutritious food all the time, and you give them a big old slice of pizza, like the heavy processed cheese and all that stuff, their body is literally going to reject it. It's going to push it out as soon as humanly possible because it doesn't want it. It doesn't, it knows it doesn't belong. Or if you yourself, you know, you're used to eating salads and your healthy greens and all that good stuff and then you have a sandwich from mcdonald's or whatever you're gonna feel tired you're gonna feel like you're not productive anymore you're gonna feel kind of like blech and slouchy well that's your body telling you what you just put in me i don't agree with but if you do that often enough and you do that i don't know what five times a week and then six times a week and then seven times a week and then it becomes every lunch and dinner your body's gonna go ah, i give up this is just what they're giving me. This is the crappy fuel I'm getting. So I'm just going to deal with it. I'm just going to, you know, be tired all the time. And I'm going to start feeling exhausted. And I'm going to feel like, you know, eight hours of sleep isn't enough. Nine hours of sleep isn't enough. I don't care if it's sunny. I don't feel well. You're slowly shutting your body off. And then when you are older, when it has had enough, that's when your diseases kick in. And that's just so unfortunate because all that could have been prevented by eating something healthy that many years ago and like it's easy to say you know places like mcdonald's are the problem but i mean if you want a hamburger have a hamburger just make it yourself because if you choose meat and you add ingredients to it you add your herbs and you add your onion put it in a patty and you grill it it's not that bad even a bun a bun's not the end of the world your condiments aren't the end of the world but for some reason that same burger at Red Robins or White Spot or whatever is a thousand calories. Well, if you do the math, that doesn't make sense. If you take beef and you have four ounces of beef in a patty, let's say, 
it's 100 and let's say 60 calories and you add your one tablespoon of mayo because like you don't need much more you add your one teaspoon of ketchup and mustard and lettuce and tomato and onion and then you put another bun on it in any way I do the math it's about 500 calories right bun included why is it 700 at McDonald's See, and those are the interesting parts about it because then it's just like, you know, then you get into like the sauces and, you know, like all that kind of stuff. And it's like the, um, you know, like, and it, what really irritates me is when like these places like that, like try to sell, like, um, we use like antibiotic free meat. And it's like, well, you have to, like the Canadian federal government told you, you have to, you like have you, to. Ha you have no choice. So don't yeah. try to, you know, sell it to the Canadian public that you're doing like this big service to them. You know, and the fact that it's like, yeah, you might be using like Canadian beef, you know, but it's like, what's the rest of the stuff you're putting in? Like, yeah, I don't care about like the beef per se. It's the rest of the garbage. You know, like yeah. it's the everything else you're putting on this. The reason why I can leave your patty out on the counter for like five years and it doesn't go bad. Yeah. That's my problem. The, the beef isn't the issue. It's what have you added to the beef to for it to last that long or for it to taste the way it does. Because I'm a phenomenal cook, but I can't make a patty taste the way Wendy's does. Well, what else is in there? And that's the thing where I always tell people, look at the ingredients. Like, even when you're buying chicken frozen, just look at it. Look at the solutions they've added. Look at the things they've added to it to make it last, to make it freeze, to make it taste different. And you, like, for example, if you go buy, and people always say, like, oh, healthy eating is so expensive. But if you go buy good chicken, and you buy crappy chicken, and you cut them both open, and you leave them both in the fridge, just look at them four days later. The good chicken looks like chicken still. The bad chicken looks like a sponge or it's got like a weird water running out of it. Why is that? If you're putting it into your body, you owe it to yourself to research it a little bit. And again, I have had burgers before. I will, I'm not going to say I'm never going to a fast food place again. But there's a reason why you feel the way you do and you look the way you do and you you just you feel like that after you've had it for a long time so do yourself a favor and take care of what you do to your body put in how you expect it to perform see and that's the one thing that like when I say to people I'm like if you don't really if you don't want to really realize like you know like how bad you know like eating like all this fast food is eat it without the drink you know, eat it without the, the pop or eat it without the coffee because then you'll really understand the slump your body's going through. But, like, you kind of feel, you know, like maybe not that bad because you're either drinking a coffee with your Egg McMuffin in the morning or you're drinking a pop with your, you know, cheeseburger and french fries, which, you know, then you're going to get that sugar rush and that little bit, of, you know, spike. But then by the time you're done eating it, you might be might be 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon and then you're like, oh, it's just a 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon slump that yeah. we all go through, which is a complete facade. Or it might be like later on at night when you just naturally assume that you're kind of tired anyway. It's been a long day. You yeah. know, but like all these constant excuses that we want to give ourselves because, you know, people question me like all the time. And it's kind of something that you brought up a little bit, you know, before is that like, you know, I try to sleep about four and a half hours or five hours, four and a half hours to five hours a night because I've actually taken the time to research what's the best sleep for me and I've tracked it and this is what I've came up with. But also, like you said, there's not a lot of people who are willing to eat how I eat to be able to make that even a reality. But when people are like, Mike, you have so much energy. How do you have so much energy? I'm like, well, I've told you a thousand times, but you also tell me that you can't do that. Yeah. But it's like you just make the conscious choice to not want to do that. Yeah, 100%. And I think, I, A, I've never thought about the whole having your drink, your sugary drink or your coffee, caffeinated drink, 
with your McDonald's or whatever and then feeling okay because you're absolutely right. I don't drink coffee much and I don't drink pop. So if I eat McDonald's, I do have it with water and I feel like garbage. I guess I am seeing the actual effects of food because I've always thought about that. I'm like, how do people not feel tired? Like I've had it where I'm in a rush or I forgot my meal at home and I stop off in somewhere and grab like a panini. And then I literally, I've actually done this before where I've gone to work and I feel ill. I feel so sick. I feel gross. I I feel like I need a nap. And I always think to myself, because I'm the same way. I sleep like three, four hours and I'm fine. I always say sleep is overrated. You don't need it. You do need sleep. But when you are eating well and you're active, you don't need as much of it. And when you wake up and you feel light and you feel like you can jump right out of bed, there's a difference between the person that sleeps eight hours and they're still tired within the first half an hour of waking up or they're like, they can't even get out of bed properly. And as opposed to that person who, you know, wakes up before their alarm clock every day. And that's me. Like I joke about how, you know, I go to work on Sunday mornings. I think it was bad business planning from the get go, but (laughs) Saturday nights are like the fun night. Everyone goes out on a Saturday night and you know, when I do go out with friends and I get home at two in the morning and I have to be in the kitchen at 4 a.m. to turn on the lights, people always say, how do you do that? Or when I leave work at 4 p.m. after standing for 12 hours, packaging meals, cooking and doing all that, people are like, how are you not dead? And I just joke, I'm a robot. Like I'm here to, you know, make healthy food and do shots of tequila with you. (laughs) Um, So I always joke that I can, I can work without work well without sleeping that much and I think it's because um I I am more conscious of what I'm putting in my body I am more conscious of the decisions I make with food and I know that when I do make bad choices and I I do that all the time it's fine um when I I know the results that like what I see is because of that so I don't just go oh you know I think I'm depressed or I think I'm tired it's no I ate something bad and I'm paying for it now like you know, I had a heavy pass to dinner, so waking up at 6 a.m. wasn't ideal for me. It's normal. It's a part of life. I'm not going to do that again. I probably will, but, you know, at least I'm aware of it. And it's so important being aware of all those little choices. And the, the, what I try to drive home is be aware of them. Don't say you're never going to do them again because when you do do them again, you feel guilty about it. And you'll probably overdo it. But be aware of them and, you know, try not to do them as often. And I feel like the more aware I am with that process, like the more that I'm aware of how this food is going to make my body feel is what helps me prevent from or prevent myself from like eating like the foods I don't want to in the future. Because like, especially when it comes to drinking, like it really all started like a couple years ago when um, I started doing the research on like, you know, how alcohol makes you statistically about 20% more depressed. And I'm just like, well, why do I do all this stuff during the day, you know, or like every day, all day to be able to make myself feel better. But then I'm going to basically give myself this pill that's like, okay, you're going to be 20% more depressed for the next couple of days. Yeah. And, but like, it really, I started like understanding, like, you know, where we all say like, well, the older I get or the less you drink, then you're hungover for two or three days. And, you know, it's like all these things and I'm like I just I value performance so much and like mm-hmm. not in like this like absurd way but more in the I just love feeling that way yeah no I I understand a hundred percent it's funny because I always tell clients or friends I always go do as I say not as I do because I I love I don't know, being social. And a huge part of that for my group of friends, for my family, is having wine with dinner and things like that. 
and again, going back to being a robot, I don't necessarily feel hungover. I don't really feel that. And I, I don't drink often or I don't drink a lot when I drink. But I have girlfriends who have a glass of wine in a hot tub. And they're like, oh my God, I can't get out of bed in the morning. And I'm like, really? Like, I can have a, two glasses of wine and I'm like fully functioning. Like, I, I'm up at 4 a.m. and cooking and I'm fine. But it's so funny because, you know, I'll do like sober January, sober winter, whatever. And you do feel so much better. Like it's huge, but I'm just going to pretend. Pretend we didn't have that part. Yeah. But it's like, you know, it's, it's everything though, right? Like I, I find like, it's even like when it comes down to like working on when you get to the other side of nutrition that, you know, like I just feel like I just, I like I have this battery that needs to be drained inside of me. Like, yeah. and, you know, if it, it doesn't, there's just something about me that just doesn't feel good. Yeah. You know, that's why I love, like, working on it. I love being physically active. And, you know, the, the things that I looked at, if if we were, meant that we had to sleep eight or nine hours every night, we probably wouldn't have survived. Because there's just something a part about that when we didn't have such a refined system down, like what we do now, where you can go into this house and lay down in this bed for eight or nine hours. Like, it's a reality because we've created a reality behind it. But, you know, like, there was, like, hundreds of thousands of years where that was not a reality. No, absolutely. You know, and, like, you know, when it comes down to if we were supposed to eat, like, you know, fast food and like all this junk and all that kind of stuff, like, you know, we would already be genetically adapted to it. We wouldn't have all these like adverse side effects from eating it because our body would know how to be able to process this food, but we don't. And if we were meant not to be physically active, we wouldn't feel so good when we do. Yeah, absolutely. But, and I mean, food in general is the most underused, I don't know, preventer of disease and working out and being active, just getting out, getting some fresh air and, you know, using your body the way you're supposed to is like the most underused form of, I don't know, anti-depression pills. Like we just, we take for granted what we could do and what we should be doing, I think. And so when we're talking about the shift and how a lot more people, there's a lot more diets and things like that, I think the most positive shift in the past like three, four years has been more people talking about, you know, being happy and being healthy as opposed to being fit and being skinny. I think a lot more people have focused on, you know, nutrition dense food as opposed to just eating your tilapia. Like I think that's the shift I've mostly noticed. I think there's a lot more people that are open-minded to trying new things, trying new diets, trying new ways of eating. Um, I think a lot more like little boutique gyms are coming up and spaces like this where, People come and they get a good workout and they trust what they're doing. It's not so much um, the big corporate gyms that you are literally nothing but a number. Um, I think that's the biggest shift I've seen from when I first, first started to where I fall into the category of healthy and living healthier and helping others live healthier. Um, I think there's just, because there's more knowledge and because there's been such a drastic shift in Vancouver as, as one of our like the city that we are in I think more people are just noticing there's more opportunity and there's more options as opposed to just like your big box gym and your you know chicken and broccoli for dinner see and it's a, it's a point that I drive, try to drive home all the time and I actually like applaud anybody who's willing to voice this that I can't stand how vanity still reigns like in health and fitness. No. Like I, I really don't feel like if you're the type of person that like coaches or educates people down a road of vanity, 
it takes the right of away from you to say that this has anything to do with health and fitness for that 100%. person because it's just it's not it's not healthy for your body it's not healthy for your mind and it's not setting anybody up for long-term success absolutely i think the biggest thing is if you try to teach them to understand that i always tell my clients like or clients that do message me and go hey i've been eating this way for two weeks and i haven't lost weight I go, okay cool how have you been sleeping how do you feel at 3 p.m because that's more important because I guarantee you, even if this is the right weight for you, if you're 150 pounds and you feel like you should be 140, maybe not losing weight and losing size or maybe just sleeping better and feeling better, maybe this is the right weight for you. And who cares what the weight is? If you feel more active and you're you know, enjoying life and you feel like, you know, before I couldn't run up a hill and now I can and, you know, now I sleep and wake up before my alarm. Those things are much more important. In my opinion, um, those are the things that actually last and those are the things that actually make a difference in your life. So who cares about your the number on the scale? Yeah, it's, it's, an, it's something that you can help gauge where you're standing. But I mean, how you're sleeping, how you feel, how you treat others, how you treat yourself, how you talk to yourself, how you look at the, look at the person staring back at you in the mirror, that's so much more important. And being mentally able to accept that you know weight change is a huge part of life it's going to happen don't stress out about it it is what it is and just keep enjoying your food and get out get active just see and you know it is it is one of those things because it all comes back down to just to like our more like primal way of life mm-hmm. you know like where we just kind of like we took the the thick of everything out of it and it was just more like you know we ate because we just had this this seed of feeling inside us that we need to be able to do these things we forged for food around us and we yeah. ate what food was around us and you know like that's what made us feel good because again like if we ate food that made us feel depressed which we know that the vast majority of food that we eat nowadays makes people feel depressed we would have never got to where we got no like absolutely. at all like if you can if you think you can't get a bed or like your alarm clock can't wake you up well imagine when you're waking up in that cave or you yeah. know like when Without you needed some energy form. and that line was chasing you, you like you know, like you needed to like get your ass moving, you know, yeah. like you needed to get going, right? So yeah, yeah no, it's uh, I feel I actually find it really sobering that you said it because again, you know, like, we didn't have like any past history, but I can kind of see why our paths cross now because like our like our ideas are very similar in you know like where we both kind of want to see like the fitness industry go. Yeah, absolutely. I and it's actually so funny. So that initial us meeting was awesome. But, like, when you filled out the profile, I was like, oh, I'm going to love him. Like, this is awesome. I'm going to connect with him. And I'm so glad that it actually worked and we are so aligned. Um, did you share with them how we met? Oh, I kind of just, gl- like, kind of glossed over it about how when Spencer and I were running hills. But if you want to take everybody through it, feel, uh, feel free. Well, okay, so when I first saw you guys, I was I was driving up the hill and you guys were doing push-ups, like, on the road. And yeah. I was like, like, that's awesome. <laughs> Killing these weird guys in this like road in the middle of nowhere huge ass hill doing push-ups at the bottom but i was like that's awesome like they're working so hard that's it was it was a hot day too i was like that's awesome so then i went in and i was going to come back out and give you a card and be like we need to like talk this is great like you're working so hard good job and i didn't see you guys i was like oh whatever i'll go on my route like it wasn't meant to be so i took a right and then you guys were running back down the hill at this point and that's when I stopped by and you're like, probably, you know, my heart rate's going to slow down. Why is she stopping me? Um, but that's when I gave you the card and you're like, well, I actually own a spin studio. You need to come check it out. And then we started talking more. But the best was the 
drive-by soliciting. <laughs> so I, when I read that, I was like, that is awesome. And I screenshot and sent it to you. I was like, I love that. Like, it's things like that that make me understand, like, I'm going to get along with someone. Like, sarcasm is awesome. Um, but right then, I was like, okay, this is great. Like, there was a reason for us to connect the way we did, and it was perfect. Yeah, actually, about, like, that when uh, <laughs> I comments box, but, like, how you heard about us, I thought that was actually really, really funny. Because that's one of those moments where you're like, you know what, this is me to write this, but is this the appropriate thing yeah. to do? Yeah, And I was sure. like, whatever, I'm, I'm just like, going to send it, it off. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, it's funny. I'm, I'm actually glad you were able to, like, laugh it off you and, like, send it back in when yeah, you text absolutely. me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I was so happy with that because I, I'm always the person that's like, should I say it? Yeah, I'm going to say it. So I'm glad that you were also like, I'm just going to say. She could be like, what the hell? <laughs> or like, yeah. she'll just laugh. But could have gone 50-50. Yeah, exactly. I love that. No, I was like, perfect. It was meant to be. And then when you told me about the podcast and everything, I was like, oh, this is awesome. I love talking. Yeah, so, you know, because I think it just, you know, and like I said, like, I understand why now. Because I've never randomly met somebody on the street, like, literally, <laughs> and been like, hey, you should come on the podcast. You know, but like, like again, I feel like one of those things, if you just – if you don't constantly question everything about life and you kind of just let some things like organically happen because they're just supposed to, yeah. you know, like I find like the more that I kind of let go of the control of like my life and just say, okay, well, what are the things that are just happening around me that I need to be a part of? Yeah. And this is a prime example of that. And that's why, you know, like I'm so happy behind that because it leads me to believe like I find it very refreshing finding like random people you don't know, but like, like, because the thing is like this industry is like I've been in it for so long and I'm so passionate about it and I'm so used to being the one where it's like oh here's Blake on his sugar rant again or like you know like oh you're just like one of those people but like that's that's why I said to you about like the shift because like all those there's a huge huge army of people that are like coming up they're just like I value my life I value my fitness you know like I value how I want to feel you know like I want to understand more about myself and I want to know that it's more than just like like having the six pack, like I want to wake up and I want to feel fantastic. I want to sleep four and a half hours and feel great. You know, like I want to play squash in the morning and, you know, go swimming in the ocean in the afternoon yeah. and then go to yoga at night to cap it all off. And, That's you know, awesome. like when I play with my kids, I want to go to work, you know, I want to do like all these things and still have energy for it all. Yeah, of course. And it's so funny how we are talking about like, you know, not overthinking it and not letting yourself just see why it happened. Why did this happen? Or, you know, be intuitive about, like, there's there's something here and just follow that. It comes back to, like, when things just happen organically, when we eat the way we should have been eating and had eaten for thousands of years, it just makes sense. Your body will thank you, too. And it, honestly, there is there's so much to say for just letting go of some control and, like, letting things just happen and seeing where it goes. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's great. I love that that's... Happened. <laughs> the only thing that I want to touch on before we wrap all this up is like, who are you outside of all this? Like, what are some of the things that like you like to do? Like, what, where does the like the fitness component in? Like, do you have a, a fitness regime that you follow? Do you like, do you just like like to do things outside? Do you go to the gym, yoga? Like, what what's your what's your jam? So my biggest fitness routine that I follow right now is chasing my two Boston Terriers around. I have two dogs that are so hyper. Um, keeping up with them is basically what I do, and like. I love being outside. I love doing hikes and stuff like that. In Vancouver, our weather, when it's nice, it is so beautiful. And, like, to not get outside and, you know, take in the fresh air and all that stuff is a crime. So I I like to do most things outside. I like to do a lot of, like, 
I've had a lot of trainers. I've done all that stuff. Um, and it's great. And, you know, anyone that does it good on them, I don't, I don't really follow a schedule because, you know, some days I'll be in White Rock doing deliveries and I'll go, yeah, I should go for a walk. I'm going to. It's the end of my day. It's the end of my deliveries. I'm going to go out and go for a walk. Or, you know, I live in Pitt Meadows where we're surrounded by water and the um, dike. So I take out the dogs and like do things like that. So for me, I don't, I haven't had, and it's funny because I have so many people in my community and in my circle that have great establishments and their trainers and all that good stuff. And I would, should probably get back into it. But right now I'm not really going into a gym per se. I just get outside, get active when I can. And I like, I still like, so, you know, this kind of throws me under the bus, but really props you up. But I actually like wholeheartedly think that this is true. If you take somebody who's really physically active, but eats really bad versus somebody who's not that physically active, but eats really good. I still think the person who eats really good is the far better person to be than the person who like works out all the time, but doesn't prioritize what they're eating. Because like when you work out all the time, like, like, yes, there's a component that that's good, but if you don't have the nutrition, it's not going to be like yeah. long-term. It's not a success measure. Right? And I think, yeah, I, I agree. I think, um, if you are constantly working out, but then eating crap, you're only going to feel like crap. Um, you know, there's all this stuff. And that's the other issue with the amount of information that there is out there. Everything can be done correctly and incorrectly. And there's examples of both on social media. So when you have, let's say someone on, if you search the hashtag keto on Instagram, you're going to see like chicken wrapped in bacon, deep fried and all this stuff that's unnecessary. Or you're going to see a full plate of greens and avocado and a piece of chicken so there's a right way and a wrong way counting macros you know there's the person that's like well this pop tart fit into my macros and you know i have huge muscles and i go to the gym and then people look at that and go oh i can have pop tarts every day that's the wrong way of doing it so i always tell my clients if you can't understand the ingredients that are in there if it's the inside of the grocery store if it's on the outer rim you probably don't need it so I don't even think I lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh yeah, the person who is working out but they're eating pop tarts, they're not healthy, and they're probably. And when we talk about health and like the mental aspect of being healthy, the physical, the spiritual level of being healthy, they're not healthy on those. Just because they have big muscles doesn't really equate to successful. And do you? I kind of feel like the the more I prioritize the food that I take in. Um, the more contentment I have. Yeah. Like I feel a lot more content, not just as like in regards to that I feel full from this meal, but I feel kind of more content across the board. Yeah, absolutely. You just, I don't know, it it has such a huge impact on you. Like think about this. You're, imagine if you had a bucket that you would put, I don't know, marbles into every single day. Well, that bucket is full of those marbles. And if every now and then you throw in a rock, it's still more so marbles. But if, well, I don't, where's this analogy even going? So if your body is this bucket and you're throwing healthy food in all the time, it's going to be full of health. If you're throwing in like McDonald's every now and then, it's fine. But if those McDonald's burgers fill up the whole bucket, well, now it's just a bunch of gross McDonald's that never go bad. But if you, if you live your life following a regime that just feels natural and feels like you're not deprived, feels like you're not missing out on everything, um, you don't have like major FOMO every time you see someone else eating something. You just, you feel happy. You feel more balanced. You feel, I don't know, 
normal. You feel like you're supposed to feel. So I think truly, like, if you are eating the way you're supposed to and you are in tune with, you know, your earth and your environment and your food and everything just makes sense, your life just starts making sense. It just starts working out. So I think, you know, like, when, when you prioritize, like, your health from the food that you're putting in, you're probably a lot more aware. Like, I feel like if you're just solely isolated, like, I'm going to work out like a maniac all the time but not prioritize, like, healthy eating on top of that, you're probably just more masking things and covering things up, you know. But, you know, like, where you said from, a, like, a holistic side, you know, like, where, you know, like, you obviously prioritize, you know, like, what you're putting in your body and then you're like, well, if I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for a walk or I'm going to take the dogs for a walk, like, that just there's a certain level of contentment that comes along with that. Like, there's yeah. nothing where you're just like, well, you know, maybe I should get into this, you know, but, like, you can tell that you're not, you know, feeling like you're like you're missing out or, like, you don't feel like, or I don't get, like, anxiety off you coming from that. It doesn't feel like, you know, that you have to be doing that because there's just basically the contentment with what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's just, I don't know, you have to enjoy life and all the things that's a part of it. But, I mean, food is such a huge part of our lives. We eat from the minute we're born until the minute we die. So to really understand that, like, you know, the most athletic people, let's say they work out for 40 years of their life, 30 years of their life, 50 years of their life. At the end of the day, it's not from the minute you were born to the minute you die. If you understand that food is so key, being active and moving is key, but necessarily working out, like... To say you have to go lift weights every day kind of seems crazy. To say you have to go for a run every day kind of seems crazy. But get active and get out there and, you know, get fresh air and get some sunlight and all that good stuff, that just seems normal. Yeah, and, you know, and I think, you know, because with that, like, we're, you know, like, when it comes to, like, we're, you know, there's only, like, those necessities now because, like, we've limited our options daily for movement and yeah. for, like, activity and from getting out there. Um, I'm going to ask you a quick question though. Do you think that you'd be able to prioritize, um, like your nutrition as much as what you do if you weren't immersed in it every day? Cause I always tell people that if I had to go back to work now and work like an eight or 10 hour job, not only would I shoot myself by Friday, hmm. but like to be able to, at the end of all that, be like stimulated enough to like go work out. Like I know it would have to be before, but I just get like the pleasure of being able to do all this stuff as a part of my job. Yeah. But to do it on top of it all, like I can hard. understand why it's hard for most people. I, I always tell people if I didn't own the company I do, I would get a company that did this to get my food for me because I, I love food. I'd probably be a difficult client, but I mean, I love food in the sense that I would like it to be different and exciting. And I feel like if I wasn't, if I had a, a real job, if I had like a corporate job where I was working from let's say nine to five and I got home and had to make dinner, I'd be just throwing things together too because I wouldn't have time to get excited about it and come up with creative recipes every night. So I totally know what you mean. Like if it was something that I had to do on top of something I wasn't already immersed in, then yeah, it would be a lot more difficult. And I definitely don't think I'd have as much time to learn about it because right now me investing time and learning about nutrition is literally me investing back into my business. Absolutely. Yeah. That might be a good time to be able to plug in how people can get hold of you. Like, let's go social media handles, website. Um, you know, maybe also, too, if you have a chance to take people through, like, your intake process as well, just so they can know what that's like and the information that they're going to need from you. Absolutely. So, um, my company's 
meals a weight it's spelled meals a weight like a dumbbell pound weight um so it's basically meals that are waiting for you that help you lose weight um <laughs> cleaning a fork yeah exactly oh it's like a fork and a spoon at least. yes so um you would go onto my website and you'll find right off the bat that's very different than any other meal prep company so if you've ever tried another meal prep company in vancouver um Typically, you would go pick your meals off a menu, and then you would pay, and then you would get your food. Um, I actually like to do a form where you tell me what you eat. So if you are a vegetarian or if you're pescatarian, and my menu only has one seafood item, well, that doesn't help you much. So I like to know what you eat, what you generally like, and then I would like to cater to that. So if you're a vegetarian, I'll come up with new vegetarian recipes that week. If you're a pescatarian, I'll go buy more seafood. It's just super easy. It's more like a personal chef experience, but I don't come into your house. Um, I mean, I could if you really, really want me to, but you don't. I'm messy. Um, and she might have a point system. <laughs> and they have to give go to your pantry and throw everything out. <laughs> exactly. No, but so yeah, you would fill out a profile, tell me what you like, and then you know, briefly just describe where you're at in life. If you're trying to lose weight, if you're trying to gain weight, if you're trying to maintain your weight and just eat organic. Um, you can also tell me vegetables you don't like, like Brussels sprouts and mushrooms. Um, and then from there, I will reach out to you personally and basically give you my recommendations. I'll usually tell you, hey, that sounds great. If you're trying to lose this much weight, it usually means you need to take in this many calories. How active are you? A little brief discussion of like where you're standing, what I recommend. If we're on the same page and we agreed, then I would you know, set you up with a package and basically get you your food. And then from there, I usually, again, I like to become, you know, friends with my clients so they can give me some feedback, like something that everyone loves, you may not like. You may not like cranberry and curry mixed together with turkey. So just tell me and then we build like a no list and we just keep making you food that you like. Awesome. And then social media? It's all at Meals Await. Meals Await. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming in. I really appreciate it. And um, just so everybody knows, there's no uh, We the North gear on Ellie right now um but by the time everybody hears this we will already have known that the raptors won uh game five tonight swept the series four and one uh so it won't matter anyway yay monumental day guys absolutely absolutely well thank you Ellie, for coming in i really appreciate it so much fun